0: Hello and welcome to the Essential B2B Podcast, brought to you as ever by Lead Forensics. I'm your host, Joe Ducaro. This episode is the audio taken from a webinar we ran recently called Unlock the Secrets of Partner Marketing. For this, I was joined by Jared Fuller from Partner Hacker, who brought huge energy and a lot of actionable tips and tricks to ensure that you are making the most of your partner marketing. So without further ado, here is Jared Fuller on Unlocking the Secrets of Partner Marketing what are the key benefits of partner marketing and how can it help businesses to boost their sales and revenue? Well, if
1: if you think about it, um, you have your database. So, I mean, a, a marketing person's home, they, they have their website and they have their marketing automation database. And that has a finite number of things. So what do you do? You go to other places. You don't, you don't only market to your database. You're trying to grow your database. So there's this concept that I like to use um, that Jay McBain, formerly of Forrester, now of Catalyst, talks about. He calls them watering holes. Watering holes are these gathering places where people that are like each other gather, right? So if you think about this, um, some very easy things to unpack here. There are uh, communities, there are, um, you know, big uh, ecosystem leaders, like, let's say, a sales force and a, you know, dream force, right? There is a HubSpot and an inbound. Um, so there's these events, these gatherings, these communities, these places where these people live. And, and why is that important? Um, I think we've really screwed up marketing. I mean, I, I mean, really screwed it up, bad, What's the first part of marketing? It's market. What about anything in your MarTech stack has anything to do with the market? What I'm just talking – what I'm talking about is the market. I'm talking about where people live, what they think, who they associate with because what, what's happened in the world to marketing – Is that we've stopped thinking about the market first and then how do we apply ourselves? And we think about ourselves first and then the market second. Let me give you a perfect example. When we do our campaign planning, where do we start? We don't start in the market, we start with us. And that's a big problem because what does it do? It puts the world our worldview through the lens of we got to go get more leads. So what do we do? We go to Google, we go to Facebook, we go to LinkedIn. You know, and we, we serve up ads versus thinking about it the other way. Where are my buyers? And if you think about it through that lens, um, it'll start to really screw with you. You're like, wait a second. Uh, all of these vendors, the big dogs, taking my ad dollars, thinking that that's how I'm going to do it. Or even content and SEO, right? That's Google, that's Google money, right? Like Google's monetizing that whether or not you think they're monetizing that. Um, but here's the problem, Joe. I want every marketer to take a long, hard look in the mirror and think to themselves: When's the last time I Googled like, "How do I solve you know marketing automation or marketing? Uh, let's say lead attribution." Guess what? You don't. You know what you do? You go. You don't ask how do I questions anymore. You ask what? Who do I? Who do I know that solved this? Right? The average American receives four hundred to ten thousand advertisements per day. Right? We're, we're we're awash with data and information. Um, like the economy, the markets, they, they told all of this. So uh, the reason why I had to go on that little diatribe is to really make sure that you understand that I'm not pitching you anything right now. This is a reality. It's a macro shift. It's affecting everything. And the marketing playbook that starts with marketing automation, all those things, no, 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 what you need to do is you need to go and look at, it's not my database, it's the market. And then what that? what does that mean? Well, who is influential in that market? Who do my buyers trust? Because they're not me. They don't know me, right? That's the whole point. They're not our customers. So who do they trust? That is partner marketing. And I don't, like, to try and solve some debate about, like, lead attribution this or this thing that, it's like, it doesn't matter if your buyers are trusting people. Like, the way I buy software is this. Uh, we were just talking right before this call. You want to, you want me to prove this to you right now, Joe? Unless Please. Please. Thirty seconds. Let's what do it. Happened, what happened right before
0: we came on here? Uh, we, were, we had a, a, a all, all manner of technical difficulties connecting, didn't we, Jared?
1: We, we totally did. And then <laughs> what, what what happened next? I said, "Hey, folks, you totally need to switch software, and you need to do this. I'm going to make an introduction for you. Go talk to them And guess what's going to happen? I mean, I, I don't control your company. Obviously, this is not what this is about. <laughs> but there is a greater likelihood that you end up purchasing that software than probably any other vendor." right? Because what do I do? I own a media company. I host lots of events. I'm someone that you can trust on this subject matter. So through that lens, all of a sudden, everything starts to change about how you think about marketing. Now there's data, there's operations, there's so many things to unpack behind that. But that framing, I believe is absolutely essential for you thinking, not like a chief marketing marketing officer, but like a chief market officer, officer. Where do my buyers live and who do they trust? And it would just be dumb to do any content, any campaign, any event that does not involve people that they already trust, right? So for example, me coming here today, like I'm here because I I care about this topic tremendously in, in partnerships, but I live in partnerships, right? I have a community. I have a media company. I work with everyone. I do partnerships all the time. So, for example, like, why should you take my opinion on it? Because I live in that market. I live there. That's my community. Now, here's the problem. Let's say um, you sell to CIOs, right? How many people on your marketing team have ever been CIOs?
0: It's a point well proved,
1: I imagine. Yeah, not a whole lot of them. So what, So how, how could you possibly create content experiences and trust as a brand that people would go, you know what? I just really love this three year out of college content marketer. That's using Jasper.ai to spit out, you know, SEO algorithmically, you know, drivel. They, I really love them. No, what they want is they want to get to a better place. That's what your buyers want. They're trying to become a better CIO and trust comes from helping people reach their promised land. I promise you that content marketer cannot help that CIO. At all. Who can though? It's the partners, the communities where they live. And then you need to market with those people, right? So, um, what people want, like who they buy from, who they trust, is people who've been to the places they want to go. That
0: is partner marketing. And so, what you you've done in essence, there, Jared, in Microcosm, is that the the almost the motto of the podcasts and webinars that I do for Lead Frenzy is, is become people buy from people. And as you quite okay. rightly say, I know that you mentioned the, a particular product. So it was like, oh, you guys need to go and have a look at this. I know for a fact we would definitely be going and looking at because of our you know it was a very quick relationship that we established but he goes right guys but, the, so but there's probably- other relationships in the company too right so like i'm close with your head of partnerships
1: um chris like uh he's been following partner hacker he's contributed articles right like there's a relationship there where it's a it, it's a knowledge relationship right like we uh as a business we had a relationship we just met real quick but it's like okay cool like we, th- this is an interesting you know place versus you know you're gonna go google like you know, uh, X company software and go look at review sites. Like, hey, Joe, so here's marketing, right? Um, Review sites, right? Like that's a common, you know, thing. Um, When's the last time that you saw a review that wasn't 4.7 stars? Right, I mean, like all games get gamed, right? Like all games, (laughs) if if it's 4.8 stars, it must be fake. If it's 4.6 stars, it must be garbage. Like that's the median review of every single product online. We know that people take things down. Like all games get gamed um and we just don't trust those things anymore like i i loved review sites in previous purchase cycles but now i don't i, I don't trust it at all it's it's like table stakes like if you see the review site the stars and it's like a two you're like oh shoot i'm out it's because clearly that business has no idea what they're doing so it's only like the bottom 10 percent that get taken out everyone else you know plays the
0: game absolutely um just to, you, you mentioned you know that you referred to it as you know the the watering hole and you know, or different communities and people in the same sort of space, that sort of thing. How do you go about identifying which of those people at the watering hole are going to be a good fit for partners for your business? Well,
1: so I think the point of the watering hole is, is that, that's where your marketing should live. What do I mean by that? You should be marketing with people that live in those places, right, that are trusted members. So like uh, this, can, this is why I like the concept of what I call nearbound right? Nearbound is, um, you have outbound, you have inbound, you have nearbound. It's very simple, right? And one third of your pipeline should come from each. It's a super simple concept. Um, so like partner marketing, I'd actually almost reframe this. I think, I think we've needed something like this to think of it a little bit differently. Nearbound is marketing with, with the market, with the people that already have relationships in market. So outbound a, a tra- uh, is to target the market, right? Like, outbound aggressive inbound is to track the market nearbound is to surround the market so my concept of the watering hole is we're going to go surround that watering hole What we're going to do is we're going to uh publish content where we interview let's say you know top thought leaders that live in those watering holes but it's not just enough of that they need to have some tie-in back to let's say the, the industry the business so for example um you know let's say ceos of let's say a service partner right or executives at another you know integration technology company um and what you're doing is you're looking at your entire campaign planning so like soup to nuts anything that you're producing that has content that's designed to bring people you know to you you need to ask the question where do where are my buyers at for this piece and then who do my buyers trust that are related to this piece. And you can do so many things with that. Let's say a virtual event, right? So you want to host a virtual event. It would be really, 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 really dumb to ever host a virtual event that is the, that is about only your brand, right? Because guess what you can do with a virtual event that's only about your brand? You can only market to that database that you already have, right? Or you got to pay for ads somewhere else. Or you write social content on social media, which you know, you're know you only going to reach the followers that you have already anyways, so what you're trying to do then is go, well, how can I make an event that's about our point of view on the industry, right? So like uh, hopefully your product solves something more than just the, the the features and the bugs, right? You're trying to help people get to a better place. So what other companies have a similar point of view on that better place, right? So um, it, with that in mind, then you want to go look at, okay, what are those – other accounts as partners and you're going to host that event together now all of a sudden what happens well you have three five ten twenty partners now how many databases are you marketing to um i'm not i'm not really smart but i think like 10 databases is better than one
0: (laughs) i'd say so i think i'd agree with you on that one jared to be fair right
1: right so like (laughs) i I, i'm I'm talking some real talk because um i've been doing this for a long time um and when I, when I say a long time, I mean, I started my first marketing agency in 2009. So, I mean, we're looking at, you know, 14 years. I've seen like no marketing automation to, you know, 11,000 marketing technology companies and I've been at the center of all of it as a software vendor, right, and a marketing leader as an agency and as a partner, uh, you know, ecosystem executive. And in that time, what I've realized is that we're thinking about things the wrong way. And I've, I've, I've grown so tired of tired sales and marketing debates, Right? They're, the, they're the same as they always were. You know. So that was my tangent away from the question around pipeline. And I think that's the problem is we start to talk about pipeline immediately without understanding that to create pipeline, we have to do the things that before pipeline, which is exactly what I'm talking about. So if you go do those things and you create a decent virtual event you know, and you do it with five partners and you really help your buyers with people that they trust with things that they need to know to get to that place, guess what's going to happen? You're going to drive pipeline and then and, and, and I can prove it to you. So like, then I'll, 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 I'll drop the hammer on this one too. So then marketing team, here's what I want you to do. Here's how I'm going to prove to you unequivocally that this is by far nearbound marketing is unequivocally your best channel. What you're going to do is you're going to go to your uh, sign up pages, your conversion pages, and you're going to just, just suspend disbelief for me for just one second. And you're going to put a box in at the end. That's open for field like dirty it's not it's not a drop down it's not a pick select <laughs> it's dirty freaking data and you're going to say how did you hear about us and then you're going to look at that over a week and it's going to blow your mind how do i know this i mean i've been doing it for a decent chunk of time the past 2 weeks just looked at a report for reveal so we're a nearbound platform that uh, associates data between these companies so those 10 databases you can kind of measure the overlap but now what we do just on our form, we asked how did you hear about us? I looked at 250 responses, Joe. Two hundred and fifty responses that came in from people that signed up for our app over like the past week. Um, guess what? Every single one of how did you hear about us was one of two things. It was a person or a company.
0: <laughs> there
1: you go. You know what that it wasn't? Proofing. It wasn't a Google ad. Yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah. an email, it wasn't an ebook. It was a
0: person or a company, and there you go. That just proves it, doesn't it? It really, really does.
1: <laughs> I mean, it, by all means, by all means, if you, um, if you think that I'm wrong, go do it. And yeah, sure, maybe you'll get some people that say like a LinkedIn campaign or something. I, I don't know, but why would you object to reality? Like, I, we, my CMO and I did this as a point. So um, we came in um, – so Partner Hacker was acquired by Reveal, um, so media company. Um, so now I sit across sales, partnership, success. My co-founder sits across, so he owns marketing. Um, and then uh, the other two co-founders own, uh, you know, ops and you know, tech and product. And they, one of the things that we said we wanted to do immediately at Reveal is I wanted to kill our ad budget. So that's really strange, right? Like the pe- we wanted to kill our own ad budget? I was just like, this is garbage money. Let's go spend it somewhere else. I, I know this doesn't work. And that they didn't believe that it didn't work. And I'm like, we can't, we can't measure any of this. The attributions broke. Like I know Google's telling us, LinkedIn's telling us, but Isaac, let's go do this. Showed the results, and you know, our our team's like, well, yeah, clearly we can kill those ads and it's not going to kill traffic or signups. And guess what? It
0: didn't. It didn't. So what what are the, the key metrics that you, you you do track then when you're looking at your performance of your partner marketing campaigns?
1: I mean, it's, uh, it's the same things that you're always doing in terms of, uh, you know, at at the end of the day, what you're looking at in B2B, you know, SaaS or B2B tech is you're looking at, um, I think if you if you want to understand revenue from the perspective of a CRO as a CMO, it's very simple. It's productivity per rep, right? So it's the the amount of headcount that I have and how productive can they be? So then you, you work backwards from the sales math. Okay. How many accounts, right? How much, uh, how many meetings, how many opportunities, and then you go to the marketing side and that becomes a very similar thing, which is how many accounts are we sending that are ready to sales that have some intent or some signal? So if you look at an individual, let's say, webinar campaign and you begin developing a relationship with those people. So you got 400 leads, for example, uh, from a uh, you know little virtual event you do f- from some partners. Um, 400 leads is not enough, right? You, you need to translate X amount of those into signups or meetings, right? Some signal that's beyond that, you know, uh, we could call that like a partner, you know, qualified lead, or partner marketing lead, right? It's not quite ready for sales. Um, but you know, there's something there and what can get really interesting is what you do after that. So you're, it's not just, um, like a virtual event or like a content piece, for example, um, you might publish a piece on X or Y, um, but instead of publishing that piece, just like this is a X, you know, an Acme Co. blog post, you know, uh, we interviewed the five top people for this on X. And then what you do is you call them out and you make them famous, right? So that blog post is not written by your team. It's written by five people. And you, say, you put their names in the byline and the authorship. And then what you do is your team creates social snippets right, for those five people. To, to share, you know, like their highlight make them look really good, make it easy for them. You know, like this is one thing that like, here's an example of good partner marketing. So you have this webinar and you want to like get some highlights and some summaries from the people that spoke there that are partners. Um, then what you do is you do exactly what I just said, take some of the hottest hitting things that they said, package it up into a social post, get them to share it, push that out and then push that back to you. So at the end of the day, you're still measuring what? You're still measuring leads that end up becoming, you know, signups or demo requests or anything like that. It's still the same measurement. The difference is, is that how you do it is what matters. We're not saying go change how you measure things. Like, of course you need to measure the the conversion points. But the thing that gets broken, Joe, is attribution. Because then attribution gives us, um, uh, there's a great first principle that um, uh, it says, the map is not the territory, Right um and we've we're we're so abstracted away whenever we're looking at um you know attribution that like you, we can't see anything you know it's like seeing 2400 vision you know everything that's 20 feet away looks like it's 400 feet away um and i what i just gave you you're like jared that sounds so tactical like i'm trying to figure out this strategy that's my point marketing is what i just talked about like anyone listening to this today by all means you think i'm full of it tell me why that's not great marketing that's great marketing. That's, that's unequivocally great marketing.
0: Give me a better example. Well, I mean, the gauntlet has been thrown down. Anybody can get in touch with you, you know, just to say yes, no, maybe. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. And then what, what you do after that though, is like really important. So like the, uh, you know, we had, we had two uh, software companies right here, lead forensics and reveal. Right. Um, so, there's actually a complimentary story and this isn't a product pitch, but how you go about that afterwards, let's say you drove more social engagement, which created more consumption there. What I am advocating to do with through partner marketing is then your sales organization and your partner organization, uh, your partner organization has relationships with those five people, right? Those five companies you did this event with. Mm -hmm. Um, And then your sales team, guess what they've never had. They didn't, they've never had access to those five companies databases, And what you're, you don't necessarily have the contacts yet, but you have the what? You have the signal that, like, this account attended this thing with these five partners. And guess what you can start to do? You can then start to market. So get lead friends and start to market to those contacts that, you know, maybe that's where the applicability of things like ads, right? And things like more specific targeting end up becoming like, okay, here's some air cover with some more, you know, light product marketing or, you know, helpful content. And then the sales team can, you know, they're doing their outbound to those people. And then guess what? All of a sudden, you're able to start talking to those partners. So the sellers can go, hey, I, I saw that, you know, such and such came to our event uh, back here. I've been emailing such and such. Um, I was curious if, um, and maybe that's an integration partner of yours, just for example. I was curious if in your next meeting, you could put this slide about how us and us work better together for the customer, right? Now, all of a sudden, we've just, everything I'm talking about is this, like, watering hole of the same subset of accounts that we're going after. We had marketing, doing an event with partnerships, right? Right. Um, we had social engagement by flipping content that came out of that that makes them look good. So they'll post it to their channels. And then we had the sales team targeting those accounts with more contact data that we didn't have from the event yet because they haven't signed up, right? And then you have the partner team facilitating relationships between both sales orgs to get in contact with that person. Do you get what I mean now when I say nearbound equals surround?
0: Yeah, I got you. demonstrating it perfectly.
1: That's the the strategy. And Mm. that's what's going to drive Pipeline. Um, and um, so it's not to throw away the data. It's not stop doing all of marketing. It's that any activity, that's what we're talking about, the activities. The activities have to change to things that we were just discussing
0: here, Joe. So, I mean, uh, what you found, Jared, quite wonderfully is given a lot of, you know, tips, tricks, and things to to go away and do. Are there any mistakes that in your 14 years of doing this, you keep seeing again and again and again? Are there any common mistakes when it comes to partner marketing at all?
1: Absolutely. Um, I, so what I'm talking, what I just gave you, I think, is like the, the end state of like, and it's simple. It's, what I said is not too complex to do. Um, I, I think the biggest mistake that people make in partner marketing is they think it's about putting their product narrative, right, their features, their, uh, you know, values front and center um, out in front of that partner. So what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is what they're doing is they're going to um, their partners and they're saying, "Hey partner, here is um, you know, uh our one-pager on, you know, our product. Here is our um, you know, joint value proposition on X. Um here is it. partner marketing is not putting your information, your product marketing in front of your partners and expecting them to distribute it to their audience." And I think that's the most common mistake, which is why most Marketing leaders, when they hear the phrase partner marketing, they're not necessarily too hot on it, right? Because uh, what ends up happening is um, the partner team like, hey, let's do partner marketing. And they're thinking about like campaigns, joint events, you know, like uh, joint blog posts, joint social media campaigns, um, maybe from the partner side. But historically, partner marketing has just been, hey, let's send our, you know, information about us to our partners and they're going to market to their partners audience um or things like you know uh, tcma which is through channel marketing automation um through channel marketing automation is built for like you know a literal channel like another company is literally selling your product so you're allowing you know you're giving them the power to market to a database like that's not partner marketing no no modern company that is not in a true channel model is going to distribute your information to their database you you have to accept it it's a
0: it's different it's fantastic stuff you've you've brought to us there jared um you, you've really shown some excellent expertise and advice and things that our viewers can take away and um and, and implement themselves particularly with you know nearbound marketing that's fascinating that piece is there what's the just to finish up what is the absolute golden rule if people are going to take away one thing from our conversation here today jared what would that absolute golden rule be
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, in uh, two thousand six, there was a, a mathematician named named Clive Humby, and Clive uh, famously coined a phrase that um, uh, it is so true. It's probably why we, anyone listening to this today and us uh, have jobs today. And that phrase was "data is the new oil," and Clive was right. Data was the new oil, right? Um, I mean, look at just all of the technology companies and all of these things that lead forensics here. Um, and, and data will never go away. Its importance is could, will always be there. But now we're at a different phase of maturity and in that different phase of maturity where everyone is overwhelmed with information, trust is the new data. So if trust is the new data, meaning not how questions, who questions. And I wrote this piece called Trust is the New Data. Um, it's the manifesto. It's been read tens of thousands of times, probably my best piece of last year. And if trust is the new data, then where does trust come from? Well, trust comes from helping people reach their promised land and people buy from people who've who've been to the places they want to go. And with that in mind, that should change. If you're not already thinking that way, that should change everything about how you build a brand and how you market with Like you live in market, you don't go to market. I love
0: that. Trust is the new day. That's fantastic. Jared, thank you so much for joining us for this conversation about partner marketing. Of course. Well, there we go, Jared Fuller on partner marketing. I hugely enjoyed that conversation. Here are our key takeaways. To succeed in partner marketing, companies need to focus on building strong relationships with partners, understanding their needs and goals, and providing value to their audiences. Jared introduced me to the concept of nearbound marketing, which is a partner marketing strategy involving targeting a specific group of customers who are most likely to buy from your company and then surrounding them with a series of touch points that help build trust and familiarity with your brand. Remember the watering hole analogy that Jared gave. To execute nearbound marketing effectively, focus on creating high quality content that resonates with your target audience. You can then leverage your partner's channels to amplify that message. As Jared said, trust is the new data in marketing and building trust with your partners and their customers is essential for success. Thank you again to Jared for joining me and thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe to the Essential B2B podcast wherever you get your podcasts and rate us five stars where possible. We'll be back next week with another brilliant Essential B2B podcast.